The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. And we're back here to analyze this. Uh, the table talk uh, is in effect, and we've got uh, Rocky Leibold, the um, president of the legislature, two times over, 21st and 24th. We got uh, Ronnie Russell, president of legislature, the 29th legislature. We got the uh, majority leader, Doc Cole, the 30th legislature. Uh, we got uh, someone who is bigger than all of them combined. <laughs> the, 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 delegate, the delegate to Congress, Stacey Plaskett, uh, joining us here uh, on Analyze This. Uh, great conversation. One more, one more. I'm going to sit down in a chair now and recognize the distinguished gentleman, Frankenan, so he could ask uh, questions of the delegate before she's excused because, you know, it's 8 o'clock now uh, in Washington, D.C., uh, and it's time to work. So, um, Senator Russell, you recognize? Okay, thank you, Neville. Esteemed delegate, I am yes, looking Mr. at... Senate yes, President. Yes. And <clears throat> let me say that I am paying close attention to the national race. Mm-hmm. And what, first of all, what do you think happens to Biden's agenda and the Democratic agenda if there mm. is a split in the Senate and in the House, mm-hmm. um, it, does it affect his agenda as most people think? And then secondly, what is the possibility of we being a pilot for renewable energy here in the Virgin Islands? Uh, but you saying what you were saying of the South Shore in St. Croix, because wind yeah. energy and Solar energy is the wave of the future. And with some of the money the federal government gave us, can we use it for that? Can we do a whole new energy platform for the Virgin Islands based on your uh, understanding of what we could do with this money? But the Democratic agenda, and you've been a staunch supporter of it in many ways, but how does this split because I don't believe uh, that the Democrats, you know, is going to make up a majority in the House unless uh, Pelosi and you as influential Democrats can, you know, influence some of those Republicans that are unfair. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, yeah. you know, well, you know well, some of, if it's two or three people, you know, they might switch over. But, you know, tell us what you think about the Democratic agenda and then the renewable energy for the Virgin Islands. Sure. Well, first, let me say this, um, that uh, in terms of, let me answer the the renewable energy issue. I think that there is, one, we have funding to redo the grid for WAPA, right? Uh, To create microgrids, solar, et cetera. I think the plan that is being proposed by senior management, while it's costly, makes sense and the savings that will be realized later down the line are such that the investment that has been forestalled over so many years in actually owning 
training, et cetera, um, makes financial sense in the long run. Uh, that's one. But I do think that that coupled with the funding that we have not really even gone after as yet to create something on the South Shore, not just with uh, solar and with wind and not only for ourselves, but for exporting solar, um, paneling, et cetera, creating jobs, utilizing our deep sea port. I know that mm-hmm. Senator Novell Francis and in his free trade zone um, legislation, you know, that that's important there. And also our, the use of, you know, LNG, right? Uh, that yes. the United yeah. States is looking for a place in uh, either here, us, or Puerto Rico to be able to transport LNG that's coming out of the United States to the rest of the Caribbean. So I think there's opportunities there. I do think that we need to um, to partner with private sector who have already done this elsewhere. Uh, and, and, you know, not somebody who's buying a refinery at a fire sale in a bankruptcy who doesn't know, understand the first process of, of, of American, you know, knowing that they have EPA permits that needed to be done. But, you know, I'll save that for another discussion uh, as well. But I do think I like in that. terms of the, yeah. okay. the, the Democratic agenda, well, first of all, it is rumored that Nancy Pelosi is not going to be there. That, uh, you know, she promised several terms ago that the last term was going to be her last. And oh. so there's a strong belief that she is going to, uh, sometime in the next few mo- a month or so, less, uh, announce that she is retiring. And uh, after, after we name who would be our majority leader, if we retain the House, she would stay so that we have the votes to be able to do that and then leave and California would go through a special election, which is actually how she came to Congress uh, when she did through a special election. Uh, but the president's mm-hmm. agenda, particularly with a Republican House, would be completely decimated. That, okay. That's not that's not going. There's will not be major legislation that gets through. Let me let me chime in here. Ronnie asked an excellent question. And, and 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 here is a perspective um, that I see um, because mm-hmm. of gridlock. If in fact mm-hmm. the the Republicans keep the uh, hold the House, regain the House uh, as the Democrats have retained uh, the Senate, um, doesn't this make Biden a little bit stronger? Because based on this election, it appears that the voters have told the Republicans. Yeah, we might have some issues with the, the, the direction of the country. The president has low approval ratings. Congress has even lower approval ratings. But at the same time, uh, even if we had issues with the Democratic policies that supposedly the spending's out of whack and all that stuff, the reality is the opposing party, the opposition, didn't offer anything. We need you people to get something done. And if, in fact, gridlock is going to undermine productivity, then doesn't that allow the president to send down legislation um, so that when these same politicians go back out in 2024 to face in, that's our local talk we just said, to face in the people them again, they're not running the risk of what happened in 2022. I think that that, that 
that would be a rational party's analysis of what they need to do. <laughs> right? But we're not we're not working yes, with a rational right, you're right, you're right. We're, we're not working with a rational yeah, caucus. Yeah. Not only that, yeah. and without the rational time, the high polarization has us on the extremes uh, on the fringes. Right. And, 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 and that, also, yeah, yeah. right. And but more so because uh McCarthy is going to have to make concessions to a side of his party that does not want to, you know, pass anything that Biden would bring down. They want their own agenda, um, you know, to, to move forward. I, I remind people um, in our local legislature, I was like, listen, you know, you don't really have to wait for the governor to bring a budget. You could create your, <laughs> Make your own, own budget. budget. Yes. That's right. Same I love that. That. <laughs> the same way that I've seen in the House, like when when Obama was president and he didn't have the House or the Senate, he brought down a budget and they just threw it in the trash and created their own budget. Mm-hmm. And, and so I could, they don't have a problem. The Republicans don't have a problem with shutting down government. Nope. They don't have a problem with, um, you know, not passing anything. Remember Mitch McConnell? Um, said he was going to be the graveyard, right, of of every bill that comes through from the president Obama at the time, and so I think that's what you would, that's what we're going to see, and so I think the president is going to also just have to think about what he could do uh, from the executive branch. What can his team do? And in some ways, that may help him with the following presidential election, if in fact we're able to expose um, what the other side is doing in terms of, uh, you know, what direction do you want our country to go in? Absolutely. Um, okay. Madam yeah. Delegate. Yeah. Oh, thank you, Delegate. Thank you. Thank you. We Well, I want to thank you uh, on behalf of the people of the Virgin Islands um, for representing us, for being there at a, crit- a critical time in America's uh, history where we are deeply polarized, um, craziness abong and um, sane people are what we need um, right now, level-headed people and uh, we're glad that we have you there for us um, clearly it's going to be uh, it, could, it could be a new terrain uh, depending yeah. on what takes place uh, over the next uh, 10 to 14 days as we continue to count votes and, and all yeah. that stuff but um, you know, uh, congratulations once again, five times in thank a row you, Thank you, thank um, you. Well, I'm you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to working. I, I know that our own local legislature was forming um, their majority and committee assignments. So I'm looking forward to working with each and every one of them um, and, and seeing how we can work to support the people of the Virgin Islands, as well as, you know, the governor and his team helping him um, to do the things that he I know he wants to do for the people of the territory. Uh, and working with his team to get that done. We're already talking at the end of November. He's coming to um, Washington for our our last session to try and talk with some of the leaders about some of these last pieces of bills and things that we'd like to get done. Uh, And so uh, I'm looking forward to working with them as well to support the people of the territory. And, And even some of my Republican colleagues who I have a good relationship with, and we try to do some things around the edges 
working as well. But I think, you know, with the Senate in there, we've still got some um, appointments that need to be done. We have some, um, you know, there's some surety that that's going to happen. If there was a House majority, I think that you would also see finally the um, filibuster removed for voting rights and abortion um, codification but that's not that's not going to happen if you don't if you can't get the bill passed in the house with a with a Republican majority. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we'll see. Delegate, thank you very much. Um, thank you. And um, again, um, best wishes to, to the family in dealing with um, your dad. And, thank you, thank uh, you. My 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 mother said I told my I told my parents that you called, and my mother was like, oh. Andy, Andy, <laughs> Andy. <laughs> you ain't done. You ain't done with this Andy thing, eh? You ain't done with eh? <laughs> um, You know something, um, Madam Delegate, your excuse. Your excuse. Okay. <laughs> Thank, you. <laughs> Thank you, Madam I Delegate. That would get me off. <laughs> <laughs> Glad to have you on, and uh, thanks for helping the ratings. We appreciate it. Thanks okay. a lot. Thank you, you guys. Be blessed. You, you got it. You got it. That's the delegate. Give thanks. Congress. Give thanks. Give thanks. Um, see, see uh, joining us, gentlemen. Um, we got about five minutes before um, this segment done, so let me talk Trump. Real quick, I want to get everybody's opinion for, over the next minute and a half. I don't want to waste too much time talking about Donald Trump. Rocky, <laughs> Rocky, how much of a loser was Donald Trump in this election? Small, medium, or large? Large. Do- uh, because, because he's now seen as, hey, I could take him out. And you see, he's going after DeSantis now because he realizes that DeSantis is moving up. And he's kind of getting in his way. So he's trying to play a Trump card now by having some announcements. Put it, Yeah. Yeah, that's what he's trying to do. He's to play a Trump card and say, listen, you guys, don't worry, I'm out there ready, so you hold back, you know. But it's going to be a war. He understands it's going to be a war. And I don't see him winning. Roddy Russell, small, medium, or large? Loser, Trump, because he's definitely a loser in this election. Large because um, he he really demonstrated that his radical approach to politics is unacceptable by the American public, and I think that is what projected and that projected the winners for the Democrats. I I look forward to he and DeSantis fighting because only the Democrats could benefit. So I like that. That's cool. Small, medium, or large. Loser levels for Donald Trump in this election cycle. That was large, man. It's large. And the fact remains is, uh, as we have spoken about here on this program, the independent voters, the middle voters, and the, the, the youth have rejected Donald Trump's and his philosophy, and, and that is it. So that is where I have a lot of hope that the youth going forward would understand democracy in America is a key, and Donald Trump is uh, in the way of democracy and been promoting uh, autocracy. So it's large, large, large. Second question related to Trump. I start with with our legal, with our with our uh, chief legal officer, uh, Roddy <laughs> Russell. Is Merrick Garland stronger today because of the elections, or is it the same, or is he weaker? Absolutely stronger, and I think he has behind of him 
the voters' confidence that they don't want the radical right to prevail. And now he can proceed with whatever he wants to proceed against Trump with the understanding that the nation rejected Trump. And I think he's stronger. Doc's cool. Your, your, your boy Merrick Garland, is he stronger today? Does he have more, more ammunition or a better foundation for pursuing what took place at Mar-a-Lago with respect to Donald Trump? I think he is he is stronger. I think he has wind, the wind at his sail. He just put up for those of us who sail. He just put up. They just put up the jib, and the jib is the the, the sail that collects all the wind that drives you uh, forward when you're going with the wind. So I think he have the jib up, but I'm still waiting. I don't know the the slowness in going. I hope he's able to speed up speed up his 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 case against him in Mar-a-Lago and let's move forward but i think he has the wind in his sail mr ranking member given how biden has slow rolled going after trump um with respect to what he may have done obstructing uh and all that stuff and holding um national documents uh do you believe that uh i i'm gonna modify the question for you do you believe that biden goes after trump in 2023 given that it's not an election year? No, because I, I, I believe that Biden now, this was a win for Biden team. This, this was a win amidst all the turmoil that was going on. This was a win for him, particularly when they when they back the Senate. But for Trump, I, I feel that this is a, a major blow. And for Garland, I think that he, remember, the wheels of justice turn slowly. Grind. They, they, they don't turn. They're a grind. They're a grind. Yeah, yeah, yeah but it's turn. But, but I'm saying that what this does is that he's, his argument all along was coming to come. But they just put some icing on the cake now. <laughs> because now he realizes that the public at large is starting to see the forest from the trees. That's what's happening now. And, and, and because of that, yeah. you, he's going to be able to move forward in, in a more positive way. And I, I think he might he might pump up the volume a little bit. So, you know, it, that's how I see it. It's going to be interesting. We're going to take a break. When we come back, uh, we're, going, we're going to talk about our, our, our local terrain here, political terrain. The table talk is in full effect. We're going to also uh, crank up the next segment with a little bad manja. Uh, to start the segment and then we'll get back into the politics. We'll be back right after this. Banking for your business. At Bank of St. Croix, our mobile apps provide access to business accounts on the go and our merchant card services accept credit and debit payments anywhere, anytime. Plus, the online banking platform means your bank is always open. Bank of St. Croix has two locations, one in Gallows Bay at 340-773-8500 and one in Peter's Rest at 340-713-8500. BankofStCroix.com. The news nowadays is a bit like our weather, much more extreme. The headlines that grab the most attention generate a lot of heat and not much light. On 1A, we rely on your questions and stories to help us better understand the issues that demand more than a few tweets. With your help, we'll get to the heart of the story together. 
Catch 1A at its new time. Weekdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. on WTJX FM 93.1. I spent a lot of time in the garage, but even more time in the rain and mud. In 95, I helped tow your moving trailer. And in 09, it was sparks from me, your chains, dragging behind your truck that accidentally started a wildfire. Spark a change, not a wildfire. Visit SmokeyBear.com, brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Only you can prevent wildfires. During a busy day, it can be hard to make room for even one more thing. So it's a real plus that All Things Considered from NPR News is great for multitaskers. You can confidently add being well-informed to your to-do list and know that you will get it done. Whether you're cleaning out your junk drawer on a quick drive or something else, listen to All Things Considered every weekday afternoon. From 5 to 8 p.m. right here on WTJX FM 93.1.
And of course, um, that's the great uh, James and the Happy Seven Bad Man. Just to ease us off a little bit as we transition from the national politics uh, to the to the local politics. So, gentlemen, it's been six days uh, since uh, the government, the the current administration, um, got rehired. Congratulations uh, to the Brian Roach team. We also have ten and possibly eleven uh, Democrats. Uh, in the th that'll be in the 35th legislature. And I was thinking this morning, what's the appropriate question? So I'm going to start with you, uh, Rocky Leibold, since you know, you've never been a Democrat. The other three of us have been Democrats. So we, we wanted to get your um, external view looking at um, the, the legislature. Is early voting um, an unquestioned asset in politics, in particular on the Senate level, because it seems to me that uh, not early voting, um, uh, the, pri the, the, the primaries being held earlier than before. It used to be a September thing, a mid-September. Now it's an early August thing um, because we're seeing um, Democratic candidates um, not only at the Senate level, but gubernatorial level as well. Parley. Um, this, this success, and it gives them a, uh, an additional five, six weeks to, to, to campaign as the nominee um, when they win in early August as, a, as opposed to mid-September when the primaries uh, used to be. So my thinking is it looks like once you got clear, once, once, once you win in the primary, um, the way it is now, it's hard for opposition uh, to overcome that obstacle. What, what's your take, Rocky Labor, then Doc School, then Ronnie Russell? Well, I, I think that the primary gives you, uh, you know, the candidates uh, preview. In other words, it's like a movie, and you're looking at the shots. The preview, the wait, wait, those college they have another word to use for it. Um, placement, the runner, places. the runner. Yeah, the runner. Yes. So, I, and I think what that does is um, gets you gets your your name, your ideas, your program in the minds of the public. And you kind of in there before everybody else. So everybody else that comes now have to come with something quite different from yours to make a, a, a registering in the mind. And I think in that respect, it works well. I think it's a good thing. The other thing I look at for them, why everybody is Democrat, because and I think this is, you didn't ask this question, but I'm going to bring it up anyhow. Now that they, we've seen a trend of Democrats in, let's say, 10-plus in the Senate, we've seen a whole lot of them come in. I guess just about the last couple of legislators, there were more than 10 Democrats just about all the time. Well, well I, I was doing the mad Rocky, and since 2004, yeah. the last 10 elections, right? Yeah. As many as eight of them have had 10 Democrats who were elected. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's what I'm saying. But do not, so now that means that as a Democrat, if I was a Democrat, this is what I would be thinking. You hear the opposition say, listen, man, I, Democrat, I run in this place so long and, and the country's still falling down. We still got all these issues. To me, as a Democrat now, um, being elected, our agenda will have to be 
how do we change that mindset? What it is can we do as a, as a group that can change that mindset? Because you, you, you still, you win, yeah, but it's not about just winning. You want to be able to share something and do something to make other people's lives feel better, to, to you know, be appreciative. And sometimes they don't see it. So what it is, since you're a party in control, because technically you can do anything you want. You know, the opposition people will make a few noise, but at the end of the day, you got to vote, and you only got three votes, you can forget it. So I'm saying, what? that's what I'm thinking. That's, that's where I would go. Early voting, best thing ever happened. I, I love it. I, I believe that's one of the best deals. Of course, it makes the candidate know, you better start getting all the early. This thing are waiting on the last minute to come a, 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 a bunch of ads and so last minute. That's too late. By the time that comes, everybody don't vote. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's yeah. how I see it. Yeah. Um, Doc School? Yes. Uh, the, 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 be- the, benef- the benefit of an earlier primary um, actually giving giving uh, uh, the Democratic candidates uh, more time to campaign as a Democrat for the general election. That, has, that it appears it appears to be to be an advantage. It is definitely an advantage. One of the things that that I'm looking at is the performance for the the twelve uh, sixteen months in the legislature. And what that speaks to is that the, 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 the incumbent senators must have on the table pieces of legislation that they have put forth that have impacted uh, the community, that is, or, or is going to impact the community. Because, Neville, you know, a lot of times we put legislation in place and the impact of that doesn't come until a year, two, three years forward so that the voters would be able to say, okay, the incumbents are doing something. And by that time, when they go into the primary, they have that record up front. For me, that is where I think legislative uh, agendas would be a good thing, has been a good thing for them who are incumbents. And the fact remains that with all the Democrats in the collaboration, man, and that's what needs to happen. We need to have an agenda going forward, and that agenda should be enumerated by the majority party that's in there. Uh, I'm telling you, for me, as the delegate was saying, WAPA, number one, housing, health care. Those major issues that we see that are affecting the population needs to be at the head of the agenda in the legislature and then connected to the executive branch. When you have a veto-proof majority, you should be able to come forward with those issues that impact the people. So that early uh, start in the primary, I think is a strong advantage for the incumbents. And anybody who is coming outside of the party, they too have to be on the P's and Q's, and they too have to be looking and be able to get their name to the public, because at that point in time, it becomes name recognition. Early voting is awesome. It's, it's a great thing, and it has. I think it impacts the productivity of the senators and the people and the governor at, at, at the top. Ronnie, what's your take? Well, definitely, 
the primary has given Democrats a serious advantage in the election cycle. But early voting has changed the dynamic of voting. Because early voting means you start you should start to campaign earlier because people want to know you when they go in to the early voting booth. And if they don't know name recognition, how could they vote for you? So mm-hmm. you know, you, you have to but the, the the issue is whether or not the primary should be comprehensive. Should the primary include independents who are running and if you had let's say eight independents running then should they be included and should everybody get a fair shake at getting their name out and campaigning from August like the primary provides because the last 20 years showed that Democrats control and Maybe the whole Virgin Islands is Democrats and nobody wants to say it. But <laughs> but that that so what people do now is if they lose as an independent, they join the Democrats and win. <laughs> so you know, we, we, we gotta rethink how we vote in. This early voting is great, but you have to begin campaigning earlier. And I think I think that the the incumbent governor and lieutenant governor utilized the process to a T. They started to campaign early. They got their name out. They, I mean, you know, they had plastered the whole territory. And, you know, now it's whether or not how do we move forward now? Because, you know, I think, you know, the administration got to make some changes, give other people a chance to lead certain agencies, spread the wealth among the people, and give other people a chance to lead. They have a, a mandate, a strong mandate, Neville, to bring this territory to another level. And I hope they use the mandate wisely. So that's you know my view is well well, well let me let, let me dovetail on what you're saying. Um, is this the uh, the right time for the emergence of a new party or the reemergence of the opposition parties? Because as it stands right now, if if the Democratic Party good for ten eleven seats every election, then in opposition, do we it, at some point you gotta ask the question? You know, is there a a, a realistic opposing view? that can get traction where the ter- where, where, where the vision for the territory is concerned because you can't have one person or one entity calling the shots all the time. Ronnie, would you force it down? Yes, well, first of all, in maybe what ha- has to happen is there needs to be fractions of a Democratic Party which would show that opposition is good. You always need opposition in a democracy because the totalitarian way of my way or the highway, no. You have to have opposition. So I agree with you, Neville, that opposition to the leadership is good, but a party requires a lot of organization and the, the Republicans haven't been able to do it 
The ICMs haven't been able to do it. Maybe we need in the Democratic Party an ICM Democratic Club that might give the Democrats sort of a opposition within their own party for some of the things that's happening. But opposition party would be great. But I don't think the Virgin Island is ready for opposition that kind of way. Because the, the, what happened is, you know, you, you have to have organization for oppositional party. And most importantly, you have to have buying by the people. The democratic mandate from the national level. No Virgin Islander going to join Republican Party here because the Republicans nationally represent something. And the delegate is a Democrat and she's overwhelmingly supported here. So we might need opposition within the Democratic Party. That's my view. Um, Rocky? Well, I, what Ronnie brought up to me is a, a concept that I believe requires some more thought. I, I, you know, it, it sounds good. It sounds like, you know, I, the idea that he's saying that, you know, when you have a Democratic primary... You, you, the candidates emerge. We started all talking about that. So then maybe we need to have an independent primary so that the candidates from there would emerge too. So that, but how do you get around doing it um, in that way? But I think that it, it would make, it would create a different, and you'll probably get more people involved in it because if they know that they're going to be in a primary and the, the best candidates win and they come forward in the general election, I, I, I believe there might be some enthusiasm. So, I, 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 what you're saying, I, I'm not sure you could do it out of the Democratic Party. I don't think, why would you want to do that? Why would you want to break up something that you have? No, but, no, no. Well, just, well, well, hmm? well, we're going to take a break and we're going to come back. I, I don't know if you're saying to break up anything. Um, I, I just, I, I think he was basically saying to challenge the establishment. But we'll come back and let Ronnie speak for himself and then we'll get Doc's whole opinion on it. We'll be back right after this. From the BBC World Service. You're listening to News Hour. This is Africa Daily. Business Daily from the BBC World Service. Welcome to Crowd Science. This is Digital Planet. World News. The Arts Hour from the BBC. This is World Business Report. This is Health Check. Music Life from the BBC. There's far more to it beneath the surface. The BBC World Service. From 3 to 6 a.m. here on WTJX FM 93.1. Your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. Funding for the BBC World Service comes from First Bank. First Bank's digital bank offers check deposits, bill pay, transfers, and more from anywhere 24-7. More at onefirstbank.com. Dad, I picked up your pills, made your lunch, and your laundry is done. When you care for a loved one, you take care of everything. But are you taking care of yourself? Find free care guides at aarp.org caregiving. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. He said that black smoke was constantly coming out of the burn pits 24-7. And my reaction to it was like, wow, that doesn't sound very safe. I wonder what that's about. And in my mind, I couldn't imagine at the time that type of system operating could potentially harm our service members. Journalism that seeks and reveals. That's On Point with me, Magna Chakrabarty. Weekdays at 1 p.m. on WTJX FM 93.1. Your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. 
Hello? Man, where are you? I thought you were coming. I can't. I'm in bed with the flu. <laughs> the flu? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Grandma's about to crowd, sir. Man, I'll call you back. Don't get stuck at home with the flu. A flu shot is safe, effective, and you can get it at the same time as your COVID-19 vaccine. A flu shot is the best way to prevent the flu and its potentially serious complications. Don't get flu FOMO. Learn more at GetMyFluShot.org. Brought to you by the AMA, CDC, and the Ad Council. And we're back here to analyze this, and we're talking about uh, local politics and what have you. Gentlemen, I was, I was doing the math. Check this out before I go to the school. As it relates to the Senate Democrats, right, from the last 10 elections, including this one. 2004, 10. 2006, it had eight, but they form a coalition majority. That was with uh, Usi Richards as the president. 2008, 10. 2010, it had 10 of them. 2012, it had eight, excuse me, nine. 2014, 11. 2016, 11 minus one with the Kevin Rodriguez situation. 2018, 13. 2020, 10. And now 2022, 10, maybe 11. So, Doc School, um, clearly the Democratic Party, as it relates to Senate elections, Democratic Party is a dominant um, vehicle and apparatus to get elected to to serve in, in the first branch of government. Unmute, unmute that um your your computer doc school. Until then, uh, Rocky, when you came back in in twenty sixteen, you had eleven of us. I know. So that's so, why you you remember that somebody was telling me that. You know, sorry, you're the, you're the last in the bunch to get out. <laughs> <laughs> you remember that? Yeah, yeah. Don't call you back in. Yeah, yeah, my phone is here. I, I, I hearing you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you, you, you are on mute. Uh, so, so what, what I'm saying is, the last ten elections, a majority of Democrats have been elected. In, in eight out of the ten, a super majority, ten members, minimum ten members, had gotten elected, and up uh, as many as thirteen. In 2018, so unquestionably, um, the Democratic vehicle uh, is is the way um, numerically um, to get to the legislature. In addition, in addition to individually being electable, that is that is true. And uh, remember that the historically the ICM party came out of the Democratic Party. So I think uh, Russell, uh, Mr. Russell, Mr. Kane and Ridge, Council Russell, I think hit the nail on the head with the, the opposition coming from within the party. In America, what do we have? We have the the Democratic Party, but you have progressives, right? Correct. And, and you, you have the moderate, they have the libertarians, you have these and none, these and, factions. And, and you got the blue dogs who who like to label themselves as conservative Democrats. You're right. Exactly. So 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 the the opposition uh within the party I don't know if it would take place on the electoral process, you know, electing. But once you get in the organization where you're going to see differences in uh, policies going forward, that is how I think it's going to happen. Because to have a, a new party, 
uh, an opposition party outside, Rani hits it on the head, the organization, the resources, the financing, and the ability to draw uh, individuals to that party, I think is going to be more difficult. And since we have this democratic thing, I think that the philosophy within that party will drive uh, opposition, like like AOC and these guys in in, in Congress, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the, the 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 group AOC and 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 they drove into the Democratic Party certain things. You have Bernie Sanders, who who who, who caucus with the Democrats. Uh, you know, and and these guys bring policies forward, but that is how I believe that we can have an, an, an entrench opposition to the moderates who are there, and then you have that coalition where you're going to get better policies. No, that no. is what I'm saying. I think Ronnie hit it on the head. Yeah, yeah, and 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 I want to to use what Rocky said to to probe through Ronnie, where Ronnie right now, um, historically, right. Um, the Republicans have always sat on the side, right? Like how they said, Tommy and them used to sit on the side and watch the Democrats implode, like how the Cruz and them, how we used to go after each other, right? The Tommy and them always had this ability where they could just sit down in a nice chair. I guess I'm nice chair in the legislature, you know? And they could, <laughs> they, 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 they could sit down in the chair, them, Ronnie, and know that they always got two one or two are we on our side who want to kill one another because we like the infighting. Now, <laughs> n- now that has flipped. We're on the mainland where you got these three crazy people, Matt Getz, Lauren Bobert, and Marjorie Taylor Greene, calling themselves the Freedom Caucus, right? They mm-hmm. got they got a problem with Kevin McCarthy, right? Yep. So, so instead of them having a smooth transition to, to, to leadership, Right, they vex not because they win winning, but because they didn't win by thirty. So, so it's interesting, Ronnie, how the tables have turned, where those who typically infight in infighting now they're basking in the aftermath of um, saving face, if not winning, and just like Donya, um, they, they told me and them dog and white them and ducks them and racky them. They, they always knew. Right, that at some point, whether it be about Brian and and uh, and Chucky or or Neville James and Usi, at some point, it gonna be. Uh, we know that they are gonna clash. That, that that that's an interesting dynamic, and the infighting happens all the time, Ronnie. Yes, and you could use the infighting to your advantage. Mm-hmm. And yes. let me say that this is why we need to mature this way. I I didn't. I am still a Democrat. I vote Democrat. Mm-hmm. But I didn't agree with all of the governor's proposals coming forward. Right. I agree with the party in in several instances. It didn't change me from being a Democrat. I just voiced my opinion in the right forum. And that is where it becomes important, Neville Rocky and, and Ducks. You have to understand that everybody in the Virgin is democratic. That's practically what it is. Mm-hmm. But you have to have a forum where you can voice your concern. You voice your concern about, for me, it was how St. Croix and Fredericksted was being dealt with because I'm from Fredericksted. And I'm not going to go and campaign on that, but 
maybe when I speak to the governor, I can voice it. And as chair of Autumn Frederick said, we did that. We did that. And there was changes. The, the, the roads were paved in Frederickstead. And we have to understand that opposition don't mean you're against somebody. It just means you have a different view and a policy. And the Democrats in the Congress uh, understand it. And we need to mature to that here. We have a mandate to move forward as a Democratic Party. And we got to move forward. The, the legislature can't always agree with the governor. Mm. They're supposed to keep the governor in check. And they can have their meetings where they go voice the things. And they, it might not come out in the public, but they may agree to disagree. And I think that is important in any democracy. And the legislature have a different role than the administration. And when you see, you know, they're taking different positions. It's all right, as long as the territory moves forward and the people get the services that they provide. So I, I believe in, in, you know, the Democratic Party checking itself and having opposition within the party so that we could have a better territory. That's my view. I, 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 got, I, got, I got a sweet bread for you. <laughs> uh, Rocky, I'm going to bring this to you. I, I get a response from a Democratic big wig in St. Thomas. And they just text me. I hear what they say. Y'all getting into an esoteric conversation. <laughs> if you want a functioning democracy, you must have at least two functioning political parties. Yeah. There is nothing wrong with rewriting our laws to make sure it happens. It was done before when we overhauled our election laws. Can't remember what year. And this is my response to the Democratic Big Wig. We're just speaking of how dominant the Democratic Party slash vehicle is today as it relates to election success. Don't think it's that technical. And that's the problem with Democrats, you know. You know what I'm saying? Basically, I'm I'm just speaking. No, no, I'm I'm a registered Democrat. So I I, I can say this without reservation, right? The reality is in the last 10 election cycles, right, a majority have Democrats, 10 consecutive or no? Not, not, not spotty, 10 straight going back to 2004, right? So all, all we're recognizing, right, is that the Democratic apparatus, the machine, the establishment has unquestioned value beyond registration because there was a time when a lot of us were registered Democrats, and they were not getting elected at the rate they're getting elected now. Rocky, haven't you served in legislatures where a coalition majority in two instances when you were the Senate president was 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 was, was the means for bringing the for, for establishing a majority? I've been my, my most of my time. They've been coalition. Exactly. Most of my my tenure, you know. Exactly. Exactly. So, so we're we're just speaking about the results yeah, based on the raw numbers, you notwithstanding are. the fact that Ronnie hit the nail on the head. Sixty plus percent of our registered voters are registered Democrats. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Listen, I I don't agree with you guys' analysis. I'm tell you why I don't agree, because. You're looking, um, based on Ronnie and Dr. Singh and yourself, that you're looking for inside the party, what you call the moderates and all of that. That's fine. 
And that works. You know why that works? Because you have a Republican Party in the States that works. You have another party outside. So you can't use that as some form of opposition because you're still within the realm. You, you're not outside of the realm. But, 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 but let me ask this question. Yeah. Can you deny that the most dominant of ICM members when the ICM party formed weren't once Democrats? Yes, they were. Well, I, I believe I was a dominant one. I was a Democrat. You, 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 no, no, no. You come after what? No, you, I, I sorry, to, I sorry, I sorry to, to, to hurt your feelings, right? But you, you reach, you reach in the late 80s. You come, you come in, you come in a good 15, 20 years after they were dominant. Because remember, remember Cyril King. Cyril King used to well, brag. Remember, Cyril King used to brag that he worked for Hubert Humphrey, you know, and Hubert Humphrey was a Democrat out of Minnesota. You follow what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I, so I, yeah, I'm just, I'm yeah. just saying. I, I'm just bringing it to real, okay? <laughs> but listen, but this is what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm saying that at, I understand what you guys are saying. That in other words, what you are saying is similar to what they call a, a rogue member, because they don't necessarily go along with the, the, all of the planning that the majority does, but they have their own agenda of what they want to do. But that's what the that's ICM party, but, that, but that's what we say, that's what the ICM party stood up for. We, we, right. we we're, we're not, we're not conforming to democratic mentality. Right. We are rogue in nature. Yeah, but you can't be rogue in the, in the party. That's my argument. Okay, yes, yeah, yeah, okay, okay, okay. So, so basically, you're saying if you're admitting that you're rogue, then go farm your own party. Go come out, yeah. You can't be rogue in it. <laughs> okay, I like that. I, I, I like that. Let, let, let me, let me ask this question now, and we got three minutes left. Um, are we, are we with this discussion? Are we admitting across the board, right across the table, because it's a table talk, that even though. Three of us are registered Democrats, but you know we're we're generation done as it relates to election and all that stuff, <laughs> right? That it would be in the Virgin Islands' best interest that the opposition parties actually be better to keep to, to make for a better Democratic party. Let me start with you, Doc School. Yes or no? I I am of the opinion that the the, the I, I can't say it's going to be better because never like I I want to see where that opposition parties going to come from and it has to come from within the democratic party okay the icm has a history neville and and certain people associated with the icm party have brought the icm party down okay it has to come from within the, the democratic party so i'm saying you have libertarians you, you you have these guys that are in the states i like that model and yes if you have enough of them in there then you can come out and form a party, but it has to come from within the Democratic Party, as I mentioned before. The ICM came out of there. Um, Ronnie, do we need we need we need a better Republican and better ICM party here to make for to make for even more um, honest Democratic Party, honest from the standpoint that they know that opposition is there and that would that would work towards making their performance better, or should they just be standing on their laurels because they're winning in dominant fashion for the last twenty years? I think that's wishful thinking, but I like it. But it's still wishful thinking because the tide has changed. Mm -hmm. In the last 20 to 30 years, everybody felt the importance of registering Democrat and being part of the Democratic fold. Uh, so I, I, 
with Rocky. I mean, what Rocky is saying is that you don't have to be rogue, you know. You could just step out. Step out <laughs> and be persuasive. <laughs> so, see, you got to step out and be persuasive. Yes. Yeah. No, I, I like that. Rocky listen, point. listen to this. Let yeah. me tell you something. Yeah. Quickly. Make a long story short. Wapa. I mm. didn't agree with no propane, nothing. I thought mm. we should go to renewable energy from the jump start when we're having problems. For the okay. get-go. Mm-hmm. Get but, but again, we got to go along with what the administration was promoting. And I didn't fight it, but I didn't agree with it. And now we might have an opportunity to move to renewable energy. Neville, we in the Senate was with, with, with Louis Hill, you, me, and, and Figaro, the minority. Yeah. We were pushing renewable subsidy. energy from back re- re- then. Renewable energy and subsidy. Gentlemen, great discussion. It gets sweet to the end as it always does. <laughs> uh, Rack your coming out later for a little bush tea down the road. Okay, so I'll reach out to you. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, right. for listening. Talk to you tomorrow. God willing. Yeah. Bye-bye. All right. Good thing. Good thing. The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. Papa, why can't we telegraph while riding a horse? Son, there ain't no one to blame but Jeffro. He was riding old Betsy the Stallion, tip-tapping away at his telegraph, when blam! Ran right into the side of the saloon. Well, if Jeffro can't do it, neither should you. Don't text and drive. Visit StopTextStopRex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. 1A is your place for daily conversation with thoughtful guests and listeners from around the country. Fridays are home to our news roundups, where we answer your questions about the biggest stories of the week. I'm Jen White. This year, we continue to celebrate your freedom to listen, weigh in, and share what you're curious about. And with your help, we'll get to the heart of the story together. Weekdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. on WTJX FM 93.1.